We'd like to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. I mean, they're a new sponsor, but they're also an old friend of mine. I'm talking about Lifetime Windows and Siding. I have endorsed Lifetime Windows and Siding for a long, long time. They are the most trusted siding company in Colorado. Thinking about making a change to your windows or siding? Choose from classic or contemporary looks to take your home to the next level. And you also feel great about your choice because their sales team uses a no-pressure, consultative approach. And they carry only the highest quality products like James Hardy Siding, the number one siding brand in all of North America. And they offer a lifetime warranty that covers all labor, and covers all materials. Check it out for yourself. All you have to do is go to lifetimewindows.com for information on choices, consultations, and installation. That's Lifetime Windows and Siding. Transform your home with the one you trust. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, turning up the heat at the quarterback position. I thought it by far was his worst game of his Broncos career. He's been very big on social media, building his brand. Listen, bro, when you do that, you have to win. A wide-open K.J. Hamler doesn't get the ball and throws a temper tantrum. I didn't have any any issue with him slamming his helmet. Heck, I was, uh, I was calling the game, and I wanted to slam a helmet in the uh, press box, but couldn't find one. No. And it doesn't get any easier for the banged-up Broncos. And you know what the bottom line in the NFL? Nobody feels Nobody sorry cares. for you. You, yeah. you. you better figure it out, and you got to find a way to go to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers uh, in SoFi. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 142. What's up? Nothing. I'm just excited because I just saw it's World Mental Health Day, so I just wanted to give us all a break. What do we do for that? Smoke pot. Just kidding. Huh. <laughs> and there's just silence. Well, now listen, it's been kind of a rugged start to the season, so I think all options are available. They are. Um, yeah, but uh, take care of your mental health. You know what? All joking aside, 100%. Absolutely. Because it, that's what yeah. matters most. Anyway, okay, now we're going to just fry our brains after World Health, World Mental Health Day. Let's, we have to go back to Thursday night. We haven't done a podcast since then. Let's just talk about a few things from that game and, and try and move forward. There's a, God, Dave, there's so much there. Do we start with going for it on the fourth down instead of kicking the field goal? Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, there's so much in that game. There's been so much in five games. I mean, the world is the world is coming to an end in Denver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, um, yeah. Okay, we can start with uh, with the field goal opportunity. I mean, you're up three, two sixteen to go. You've got third and four, surefire field goal range, uh, and the Colts are without a timeout. So, I don't hate the fact that they put it in Russ's hands. Um, but I went back and looked at it. I hate the design of the play uh, on third and four. They went, they went play pass and I don't know. They hadn't run the ball all night. They did run it on that drive. I get that, but there's no mesh with the back. So there's really no draw on the, uh, on the linebackers. You had Judy in the slot to the right. He ran what I call a, a climb, a deep over, um, and then you had Tyree Cleveland on the outside. And there are some people that are really taking Cleveland to task, saying that uh, that should have been what they call a basic route or a dig, a 90-degree cut, more or less. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how they teach that route. I don't know what they're asking him to do. But I do know this. Cleveland was wide right with Stephon Gilmore on him. And Gilmore had hard press uh, coverage and leverage inside. And so Cleveland, you know, made a stick at the line of scrimmage and then circled on top of Gilmore and just sort of ambled inside to the post. What's most concerning to me is not that Nathaniel Hackett had the confidence to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. And again, I don't like the play call, but I don't mind him giving him something, uh, option to run or throw. Okay, you want to go for the win there? Certainly, if you score a touchdown on that drive, you're going to win. But under no circumstances, given the coverage before the ball snapped, can Russell throw that ball? You just can't. Um, Cleveland, again, gave a stick move with Gilmore inside. He went on top of Gilmore. Gilmore just turned his back and ran and was in between Russell and Tyree on the throw. So the people that are saying Cleveland ran the wrong route, maybe they know something. I don't know. Maybe he did. But that didn't look like it was a dig route from Tyree. I mean, it looked like he was told to get to the post. And I just was beyond shocked that Russell threw that ball in that situation. If you kick it, worst case, you go back to throw. You don't like it. All right, get, get what you can. Uh, get down, fourth down, kick it. You're up six at the two-minute mark, basically. You kick off. McManus kicks it out of the end zone. Ball's on the 25. They have to go 75 yards in two minutes without a timeout. They can't block the Broncos front. I mean, Matt Ryan's getting killed all night long. I'll take my chances with that defense, keeping the Colts from scoring a touchdown, from scoring a touchdown. So it was just, it was just a horrible sequence. And those things in the NFL with a veteran quarterback, I mean, those things cannot happen. So it's interesting because I think right now Russ is taking the most heat rather than Nathaniel Hackett, which I think it's turned a little bit in the first few games. I think it was Hackett. The start of the season, the Broncos were the national darling, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was in love with them, all these national, these primetime games. And now everybody nationally is talking about them. Do you want to start with why people are talking about Hackett or Russ? Russ is getting hammered because of what you're talking about, about the decisions and the reads and maybe holding on to the ball. And Seattle Times just had an article that said that just talks about Broncos got a quarterback that is in decline. Mm-hmm. Well, that we, was kind that of that, that was I mean, that was their right. That was their narrative when the trade was done. Right. And now and, and Seattle, I think the Seahawks and maybe the Seattle Times and maybe Seahawk fans have to hope that that's true. Otherwise, what team in the right mind gives away a you know, quarterback in his early 30s that still has six, seven, eight, nine years left of good football? Nobody. They look silly. So, yeah, the start the, start the Broncos have had, and in particular, the frustrations that the Broncos offense has had, I mean, opens the door for people to take shots at Russell. And I'll tell you something else that opens the door. He's been very, very public. Uh, he's been very big on social media, building his brand. Listen, bro, when you do that, you have to win, 
right? Football is the most important thing. And I'm not saying with him it isn't because by all accounts, he's he's made of the right stuff. He's there early. He leaves late. I get that. But all this other stuff, when you win, that's great. It's it's good. People enjoy it. When you lose and you play poorly, people hate it. And that's where the majority of Bronco fans are right now. They're tired of seeing the social media. They're tired of hearing, let's ride, Broncos country. I mean, they're tired of that. They want to see better execution offensively. I do not think this is entirely Russell's fault. It'd be nice if the receivers, you know, were more consistent catching the ball. These guys get paid to do that. But I thought Russell was off against the Colts, off with his accuracy, um, missed on some reads. I thought it by far was his worst game of his Broncos career. Are you annoyed with all of it? Are you annoyed with the social media? Are you annoyed that he has a whole team? He's got a quarterback coach. He's got an office. He's It's a lot. Remember when, I, when you and I talked about, um, and we, we were talking about Nathaniel Hackett, and we said, um, when you do things a little bit differently in the NFL, the NFL has been around a long time. You've got a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of smart people, coaches, players, ex-coaches, ex-players that feel like they, they know how things should be done. All right. Nathaniel Hackett went against the grain. He's not the only coach that did, but he went against the grain in terms of how he got this team prepared in the preseason. I disagreed with it, but I said, I'm going to roll with the young coach. It's the same thing for Russell. He's going against the grain. I mean, you tell me what other NFL quarterback right now is as engaged in social media, has his own sort of crew that he that he runs with, that he rolls with, has his own videographer. Um, That's fine. You know what? I mean, good for him, but you have to win. You've got to be playing good football because if you're not, then everybody says, well, wait a minute. I mean, is this, is this how Josh Allen does his business? Is this what happens with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Is it, I mean, you know what I mean? They start comparing and the answer is probably not. Uh, that it doesn't mean that those things are the reason that Russell has struggled early. But when you struggle early, people point to those things and say, okay, man, stop with all that because we think you're not focused on football. I, I don't agree with that. I think there are many reasons he has struggled. Um, but the last game against the Colts, that, that maybe the shoulder, the, the lat bothered him more so than he let on. But for whatever reason, um, he didn't seem to be sharp. And I will say this, too. Um, he didn't have protection. His protection was lousy. They couldn't run the ball a lick in the first three quarters of the game. And so you're going back, throwing the ball, and letting those guys tee off on that offensive line. I I think they need to move Russ a little bit. I don't know if Russ wants to move, but I would get him out of the pocket. I'd change the launch point of some of his throws. Um, You know, it's, it's just a mess right now. And the only thing you can do is find a way to battle through it. If passer rating means anything to you or to anybody listening, he's got his lowest lowest passer rating um, of his entire career right now. So. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I thought this was really interesting. Rex, do you like Rex Ryan? Are you a fan of his? Yeah. So he I basically think he's, he's very entertaining. I think he was a good coach too. But was he the foot guy? 
Yes, Julie. <laughs> that look on yes. your face. Yes. You have a really big smile on your face. Yes. You leave it to you to bring up the fetishes here. Uh, yes. Well, that's his he, he problem. He was the foot guy. Well, you know, one that you seem to enjoy. But yes, that was just, Rex Ryan. It just went. Okay, whatever. Did you ever date anybody? That, never mind. Go ahead. Don't. Don't. I won't. Okay, good. I won't. So he was talking on ESPN that he thinks that Nathaniel Hackett is 100% on the hot seat. And he went on to this season. He thinks he might be one and done. And one of the reasons is he thought that they brought Nathaniel Hackett in to help Aaron Rodgers. Well, that didn't happen. So now he's trying to implement a little bit of Russ Wands, a little bit of what he knows. And he also made a really good point in that the new ownership, they didn't hire Hackett. They're, Hackett's not their guy. As much as I don't like to think about, you know, it's people's careers and jobs, right? You don't, and you, we don't want a coach that's one and done. Is he right? Is he on the hot seat? Well, I mean, I think you could, uh, you could connect those dots, right? I mean, that's a, that's a plausible narrative. Yeah. Um, because we all thought when Nathaniel Hackett was hired that possibly, maybe, that meant Aaron Rodgers was coming to Denver. Okay. So he didn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yes, the Walton Pinner family ownership group did not hire Nathaniel Hackett. And they didn't uh, also hire George Payton. But they did sign off on this extension with Russell Wilson. So... Um, I think it's a combination of things. I don't think I'm not giving Russ, um, you know, a pass on this, but I think it's a combination of things. And I think it's, uh, you know, now you're, you're so banged up and you've got so many injuries, right? Bowles is out. Uh, so you, you've got to sort of restructure that offensive line. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Yes, to answer to answer the question, I mean, could he be one and done? Yes, but I think it would have to be. I think it would have to go really poorly. Like I think they'd have to finish the year, whatever, four and thirteen, five and twelve, and equally important in that particular scenario, Russell would have to basically struggle the whole year. Then. If you're the ownership, or even if you're George Payton, then I think you got to sit down at the end of the year and say, okay, we've, I mean, we're on the hook with Russ for at least the next two years and probably the next three with guaranteed money. He played, you know, this way this year. Is that, did we extend the contract when we should not have? Or is it that, this is just not not working. And that's where Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is in a tough, tough spot because Russell's got the I mean, Hackett's contract is guaranteed, but Russell, the investment is in Russell Wilson. They have to do everything they can to make that work. OK, does Sean Payton make that work? I don't I, I don't have any idea. I mean, Sean Payton's a really good offensive coach mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but that, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting here in early October. I feel like kind of a jerk. Of Hackett's, saying that. Yeah, say it again. Uh, <laughs> of, of Hackett's first God. year talking about Sean Payton. I don't have any idea if Sean, I mean, Sean's a smart football guy, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look Worked like everybody Greece. keeps talking about Dallas, right? Dallas is four and one. Mm-hmm. They've won four games with the backup quarterback. So, you know, there'll be a lot of moves. There'll be a lot of moves. Matt Rule was fired today. 
there'll be a lot of moves at the end of the season. But I think, you know, I still think this season can be salvaged here in Denver. I, is it going to be a great season? I don't know. But they have to get a lot of things fixed on offense. And you know what? One thing, um, you you, you got to be able to and willing to coach your great players. You, I mean, you have to. And whether or not Russell has too many voices in his ears, but this was the first game going back and looking at it where I'm like, okay, where, where are you looking? The, the, the last throw of the game by the Broncos, right? That goes for it on fourth down. I didn't hate the call. I said broadcasting the game. I said, you know, I don't mind this. I kind of, I kind of like it. You're in position to win the game. Let's go win the game. Now, Cortland Sutton is out wide left. You've got uh, Stephon Gilmore on him. You run a rub route on the right side, and KJ Hamler comes wide open. But Russell's already looking left. If it, you, you look left, I would think. And again, I'm not. I'm not involved in any of these coaches' meetings there. But I just look at that concept, and to me, on that play, you coach your quarterback. Snap of the ball. Take a quick peek at the rub. If the rub is there, stick it on him. Hit him right in the neck with the ball, and KJ scores game over. Then if he's not there, if they pass off the rub, then come back and work to Cortland because Cortland's route is going to be longer developing than the rub. But when the ball snapped, Russell's eyes go right to Cortland, which means the rub is dead. So to me, that's, that's either Russell not – one of two things – Either he's got to be coached harder and better to look to the rub, or he has no confidence at all in anybody but Cortland Sutton. And he made up his mind before the ball was snapped. I'm living and I'm dying with 14. It just is what it is. And either one of those two things is not very good. I understand it. He's been your best receiver. He's been your most consistent receiver. You can't, you can't live. You can't live in that league with players like that. You think defensive coordinators and defensive players don't know, hey, we got to take 14 out of this game plan. You, you have to have other guys to throw to, and you've got to develop some confidence in them. But that also means they got to catch the ball in practice. They got to be where they're supposed to be. So it's a, you know, it's a mutual thing here, and it lacks right now in the Denver offense. So before we take a break to talk about the Charger game on Monday night, when you're talking about that play and KJ Hamler, his reaction after that was so, so frustrated that he didn't, that he didn't get looked at, get the ball is wide open. I'm thinking, dude, if Peyton Manning is the quarterback and he does that, that dude's never seen the ball again. Did you think that that was inappropriate or just out of frustration and or disrespect from Russell Wilson? No. I, okay. No, I didn't. And I'm not, listen, I'm hard on wide receivers too. But I also understand, you know, when you're that open, you have a chance to win the game. Yeah. Now I don't. I, you know, I mean, who knows the, what the what what's being taught during the week on this particular play? If I'm KJ Hamler and I'm thinking, hey, if I come off this rub of, of Judy, come inside and they don't pass this thing off, which they didn't, I'm going to be wide open, and he's wide open. So maybe he thinks there, hey, I'm getting the ball, and then he didn't get the ball. And then the ball is deflected and the game's over. So he's a young guy that is coming off an injury. Good dude. I don't know that he's completely healthy, but 
Uh, no, I, I, I didn't have any, any issue with him slamming his helmet. Heck, I was, uh, I was calling the game and I wanted to slam a helmet in the uh, press box, but couldn't find one. No. When we come back, the Broncos can make it a little better by going on the road Monday night and facing Los Angeles. We'll talk about it next. It is October, and that means a lot of things, one of which is it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Did you know that 264,000 women and about 2,400 men are diagnosed with breast cancer nationally every year? It's a scary number. We're happy to announce that one of our fantastic sponsors, Molly Spirits, is joining the fight by donating $1 from every purchase of groovy non-alcoholic beers and wines for those non-alcoholic drinkers in your life. And if you don't know much about groovy non-alcoholic drinks, well, they've got a terrific selection of award-winning craft beers and wines, which means you can enjoy any season without regret or without hangover. How about that? Doesn't that sound nice? So while we ask you to focus on care and prevention this month, know you can feel good about a stop at Molly's Spirits because we are all in this fight together. You know, it's always nice to talk about Boyer's Coffee. They say life is about some simple pleasures. And we couldn't agree more, especially when it comes to coffee. And you know that I love coffee. What's better than a steaming hot cup of coffee in the morning? I'll answer that. Not much. Especially if you're drinking a cup of Boyer's Coffee. They've been at it for a long time. Boyer's has been roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. You can find Boyer's in a lot of places. Your favorite supermarkets, Walmart, Sam's Club, or stop by the coffee truck and cottage at 72nd in Washington to have a barista make up your favorite drink. And here's even better news. Of course, fall means pumpkin spice coffee. And for a limited time, you can buy that fall favorite at the coffee cottage or order it online. Just go to boyerscoffee.com and see their amazing selection of coffee. You will absolutely love it. Boyer's Coffee, a proud Colorado company. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman chopping it up about the uh, Broncos start. Does it not feel like the world is ending? Well, since you're the Broncos play-by-play person, I assume that you think that there's an earthquake everywhere. Like, you have to live this more than well, maybe I do. Yeah, I mean, nobody expected it to be like this. No, nobody expected the injuries. We talked about the injuries in the segment before. They are the Broncos are leading the NFL in penalties, drop passes, and players on the IR mm. and key players. That's a bad trifecta. That's a bad trifecta. I think I just heard the long snapper might be being yeah. placed on IR. Okay, that's could lead to total disaster. Sorry, might have to. Yeah. And you know what? The bottom line in the NFL, nobody feels nobody sorry cares. for you. You, yeah. you, you better figure it out. And you got to find a way to go to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers uh, in SoFi. Nobody cares how many guys you have hurt or how many guys are on IR or we lost our snapper or we lost. No, they don't care. In fact, they rub their hand together like a the mad scientist looking at the recipe. Good, we get them at less than full strength. That's how the NFL works. Well, we will see if the Broncos get the charges a little less at, at strength, at full strength. Keenan Allen may or may not play, right? He's been yep. out with a hamstring injury. This I thought was really interesting. It may just be how society's going, but they, they had a call. So they were leading. They've just played the Browns. They won 30 to 28, which I know that you I know where that came. I was pulling for the Browns. I was at a bear, uh, a Browns bar, by the way. You were at a Browns bar? Yeah, it was in Winter Park. How'd you get in there? Walked in, said, I'll take a course light. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, they just, it was Stoney's up in Winter Park, and they, on So a little day drinking on your uh, weekend trip? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they went for it on... Fourth and two. Fourth, (laughs) with a minute 13 to go, didn't get it. So Keenan Allen, who's not playing the game, tweets out... WTF. (laughs) What are we doing? Then he deleted that tweet. I don't blame him. I mean... I, I like Brandon Staley. I think he's a good young coach. He did this all the time last year in his rookie season as a head coach. Uh-huh. I mean, you have a two-point lead with over a minute to go. You're going for it on your like own 45-yard line, fourth and two. And then, after the game, he whether he felt like he had to, when asked about it, he defended it. He said, I just have complete confidence in my defense and i'm going out swinging Uh, what are you talking about the ball's on the minus 45 yard line if you don't pick it up you didn't you basically lose the game it's fourth and two i don't care you know what i don't hate analytics because i do think they bring something in terms of giving more information to the ultimate decision maker as far as what he wants to do but also, there's just some, there's just some good old fashioned football sense, where you're like, punt the ball. What do you? I mean, have you lost your mind? He got bailed out because the Browns' kicker was wide right from 53. 53 is a very makeable field goal. When he did that, and I'm thinking, they came out of the huddle. I'm watching the game too. I'm thinking, no way, they snapped the ball. No way. Snap the ball. Then they throw it. It's incomplete. I'm like, you gotta be, you've gotta be kidding me. But, you know, that's the new world of analytics. And I think at times they can be very good. And at times it's just stupid not to kick the ball. So give me a quick keys to the game for I really like this podcast, by the way. I like it when you get really mad. I'm not More mad. Pissed you are. Yeah, you are. I'm really not mad. Well, okay. I haven't been mad doing a podcast in my entire lifetime. What? No, I really, I'm really not. Okay. No, but but you know, with guys in fourth and two, and I, I mean, I was I was glad ultimately did it because I said, okay, you just gave the, gave the game to my former team, so good. The Browns finally won a game at home, but okay. they browned. They browned. As, as they usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, what keys to the game on Monday night? Monday night, yeah. You got to try to make the Chargers one-dimensional. I mean, Austin Eckler, who's a Colorado product, right? Went to Western State, uh, went to Eaton High School. He had almost 200 yards of total offense against the Browns. Rushed for over a buck sixty-five, and he's just a great player. But they're they're really, from an offensive standpoint, they're very difficult to deal with when they can do both. So you got to find a way to get a hold of that running game. And as crazy as it sounds, because I love Justin Herbert, you got to make him throw the ball, um, you know, more times than they really want to. The Broncos have, have even over the last few years when they haven't been very good, they've they've matched up well with the Chargers. So um, you, you know, somehow, some way, come up with a big play in special teams. I, I'm going to be as most people in Denver will be really interested to see what the Broncos offense looks like. What, I mean, how, how do you attack this charger defense? How do you sort of get things squared away? Um, how do you generate a few more points? They can't score points. They've been awful in the red zone. Um, 
to me, in this particular case, you simplify things instead of adding things. You cut back on things. You get more reps with the things that you've cut back on. Try to try to become better at a few things rather than, you know, average to good at a lot of things. And I think sometimes coaches at all levels uh, sit there, you know, all day and all night looking at the computer, looking at the, the film, have a white erase board and they're drawing up stuff. And what about if we do this, this, this and this? And sometimes if you just if less is more when you're in a situation like this. So I, I don't know how they'll play, but I'm anxious to, uh, to see it and call it. I would love for this podcast to go on forever, but we will not. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. See you next week. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.